This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. How's it going, everybody? This is Marisha with Chorus Not Radio Underground, and I am here with Jessica from Dark Saber Light. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and Michelle from Forces of Light. Yes, hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Yes, it's a very light-centric uh, panel we've got going here tonight. <laughs> I was like, as I was writing it, I was like, oh, look, all the light, which, which fits very well with our, our topic tonight, right? It does. It does. Because who uh, who embodies the light better than Leia, right? I feel like everybody else kind of like flirts with the dark a little bit. It's like they got their like moody side. And then there's Leia who's just sort of like, oh, angelic <laughs> a little bit. Um, so we, we kind of, we when we first started talking about doing this, we kind of had a, a like a low key, like do the show before the show conversation on Twitter. <laughs> Um, on our on our, our thread that we had. So I just went and pulled some things from that conversation um, because I thought there were some really good points made that should be made again for all the world to partake of. So here we go. We'll start with the first one that we had somebody had said on a podcast, someone somewhere suggested that Leia was not a hero. So I it, it, we would be remiss if we didn't throw it out there. It's Leia hero, yes or no? Yeah, absolutely, yes. In fact, in Star Wars, that's like an abomination to suggest that Leia is not a hero. Okay, like that—that's the level of the insanity of that comment. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. What's your take on that, Jessica? <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, it's all—it's a matter of definition. Like, I can get where someone might be like. Well, she doesn't go on the hero's journey like her brother does. Like she's not, she's not the focus. Like she's she's not going through that arc that he goes through. But at the same time, it's like, well, what exactly is a hero? Is a hero somebody that you look up to and who's steadfast in their convictions and fights for good and justice? Well, that's her. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could make the case that she's not the hero of the story, like in a literary sense but that's also a different a different um issue from is she a hero right because i mean she like the whole idea of her was like that she would be dressed in white and be this kind of bastion of of purity and goodness you know that was kind of the idea between the look they went with for leia so yeah to to suggest that she is not a hero um I think, it, yeah, and, and I think it kind of damped because she's such an important character, like a female character um, back in, in an era, you know, she was kind of one of the first really important, notable, strong female characters in sci-fi. And so to like, take her to, to, to act like she's not uh, a hero, I think really takes something away from like women in movies, like on the whole. Yeah. I mean, it's like Carrie Fisher is quoted saying, I am the beginning of girl power. Deal with it. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> that's the truth. Like 
Leia is a hero. No, she's not. I guess technically Luke is the hero. He gets the hero's journey. But all of them are heroes. Han, Luke, mm -hmm. and Leia, it was a, a trio of heroes. Plus, right. you've got even Chewie. That's why we all melt when he gets his medal at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. You've got R2. and They were all heroes, is, is the point. But, I mean, yeah, to, to take away from the idea that Leia is a hero really takes away from that girl power figure that was the first girl power figure, really, in sci-fi. And to be in such a massive um, trilogy that, that is still beloved and we're discussing today is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like her hero-ness to me has only been enhanced throughout my life. It, you know, definitely not going to take away from it. And I think that you definitely have to look at it in context, too. I mean, we just mentioned, you know, the idea of, like, the, the, the original trilogy, like, the fact that, like, she is the beginning of girl power. And can you, like, I'm just trying to imagine the cultural impact that it had when young women went and saw Princess Leia on screen. And she doesn't have the hero's journey, but what she brings is this steadfastness and this this amazing character that I think that women were just able to latch onto. And that really is one of the first, you know, big examples of that. And especially, you know, somebody who has stood the test of time, who is still such a cultural icon. Mm -hmm. So she didn't go through that hero's journey, but now we have Ray, and mm -hmm. now we have a lot more uh, you know, really strong female characters who really do get some great arcs and stories. And she's the one who started it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she I know it's like a. I was probably seven or so the first time I, I saw Star Wars and I had long, long hair. Um, like this, this, this is very short Marisha hair and like the context of my life, you know, like the middle of my back, uh, it, you know, I used to like could sit on my hair. And so of course, like I was always like, you know, wrapping it up in buns around my head and, you know, like doing the, the, the big bun on the top and the braid coming off, like all, you know, and then just the one liners, there was always like, there was always an appropriate lay equip. I think the, the walking carpet was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I was, um. I was real keen on that. But yeah, as, as, as a little girl, you know, I feel like there, there, she kind of filled a, a gap in entertainment because, you know, in the 90s, most female characters you saw were either, you know, they were either like princesses or they were like, oh, I am woman. You know, they were kind yes. of doing that number because, of course, that was kind of really becoming a thing. Um, when I was a kid, but Leia, she had this remarkable balance about her. Yeah. Just, she was, she just exuded grace and femininity, but she was also like not to be trifled with, you know, she was yeah. like, yes, you could come and you could break her out. And she would also take that blaster from you and be like, you know, jump into the garbage sheet, fly boy, because clearly nobody has a good solution except me. So let's go with that. Well, two things I was going to say on that is first, I've been, we've been discussing the DC stuff. So Wonder mm -hmm. Woman's on my mind and Wonder Woman, she kind of reminds me of Leia in the sense of, I feel like a lot of women can identify with her because she's not just a princess and she's not like this kind of more on the, 
you know, like I said, people love to look to Sarah Connor. I love Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. but a lot of women were not Sarah Connor. We're not a little messed up in the head like that. Right. So it's kind of like Leia was kind of like the OG of what Wonder Woman kind of is today. Mm-hmm. She was that character that, as you said, it was like she's firm, she's tough, but she's also just innately a woman. And women could identify with the womanness aspect of her, but then also the strength that was just there from the moment you meet her. And to me, George Lucas, what he did in 1977, it was really a paradigm shift of they're going to get this princess that we're just supposed to think is this little damsel in distress. And from the moment Luke opens the door, she just kind of acts like, get out of the way. And then, of course, the line, well, someone's got to get us out of this mess. Right. So it's just like he made her not the damsel in distress, but this very capable, strong-willed, but yet graceful woman. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good point because the whole of, especially New Hope, but, you know, the, the, the original trilogy as a whole, I mean, it's... It, 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 it's a fairy tale. It's a knight who teams up with a wizard to save a princess. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that stereotype of the princess who needs saving is literally woven into the story itself mm-hmm. and then subverts it. And yes. that's, that's what's so fascinating about her character is that, you know, especially 40 years ago when you don't really have you know, several generations of storytellers who are trying to subvert that trope or play with it in a different way that really seeks to create very strong female characters, then the fact that, you know, she's she's captured right out of the gate, but the very first shot that you have is her shooting a soldier, trying to escape. She gets captured, then she gets to be really, you know, quippy and witty and talk back to, to Tarkin and Vader and... And right from the start there, you go, this is somebody who's different. This is not your typical princess. This is not Snow White or Sleeping Beauty or anything like that. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I always loved about her is there's kind of a a narrative where, like, you know, a princess who needs to be rescued is, like, not worth her salt. And the fact that she, like, legitimately, she's she's not getting herself out. Like, she's legitimately a princess, and she's in a cell, and somebody has to come let her out does not make her any weaker. Um, because we've been told over and over again, you know, that the princess can save herself. And I think it's an interesting dynamic that 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 she kind of has with her rescuers you know where they they sort of do this back and forth thing with who's saving who um but it doesn't make any of them less compelling as characters that they need to be saved occasionally well and that's actually you just picked up something that i think is a theme of star wars and that's that they do it together Mm -hmm. I, i mean that is just throughout all of star wars no one person even luke whether it's Luke, Obi-Wan, and the, the original trilogy, there's always multiple people that, as you said, they're playing off one another. If Who's the hero? Is that the hero? No, that's the hero. And I think that's just kind of the geniusness of Star Wars 2 is they gave where everyone is the hero. Like, they allowed all these people working together to be the hero. Mm-hmm. She, we've got lots of really notable things about Leia, right? You know, we've got her, her look and her smart... I mean, I wanted so bad to be as like witty as Leia. I just like, I I just like dreamed of saying, you know, just being able to off the cup, come up with like 
the, the smart, clever response. But I always think of them like I'm, as I'm laying in bed that night. Um, <laughs> so she's got like lots of facets to her. So of all of the things that are Princess Leia, what what do you consider to be her most notable notable quality? Like what really stands out to you the most about her? Michelle, why don't you start? I would just say her strength right off the bat. It's like you meet her and upon, especially I feel Rogue One has even enhanced that when you see, if you see Vader at the very final shot of Rogue One and then you move into a new hope and Leia does it bat an eye as she lies to this figure and just is so calmly just playing her role as a spy. I mean, she just is so strong and just so strong-willed. Just every word you can use with strong in it Mm -hmm. describes Leia. And it's just, again, somehow, even though she's so strong, she's not overbearing. And that's what makes her so special. she That's where, again, that relatableness, there's this strength that you can look up to and admire. And, you know, when we meet her in A New Hope, she's just lost everything. I mean, mm-hmm. she watches her planet get blown up and she just the strength of Leia, um, even in, you know, The Last Jedi, when she has to tell Haldo goodbye, like, and, and, you know, she tells her, you're the one who taught us how to basically to move on. It's just Leia just has that, that strength that's just so like, you need that in this world. And I think that's something, whether you're a female or a male, you can look up to and just want to, to have in your life because she truly is a survivor and someone who just keeps pressing on and just is able to move forward like strong, but gracefully. Absolutely. So how about you, Jessica? What's your most standout Leia quality? You know, I think for me, it's just her unabashed uh, confidence. It's the fact that, you know, I, I mean, obviously it's Carrie Fisher coming through her character, especially later on, but um, there's just something about the fact that this very diminutive woman is right from the start, just so confident in everything that she does. I love, I love all of the scenes that we see in the original trilogy, especially when she's directing the pilots and, and, you know, standing in the middle of mostly men who tower over her and they're respectful and listening and just completely absorbed in this woman who's she's just their leader and she knows that and she knows that she's qualified to be there which is I think uh also really just kind of I don't know it's, it's just a, a a staple of Star Wars there's something even special about the fact that she's so young right from the start mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not really sure why Star Wars has kind of run with the theme of young female leadership but I mean she's she's very young right right from the start Padme's young um you know there are other female characters who you know Rio Chuchi Satine Kreese um even Princess Fanry in Master and Apprentice they're all very young women who are in power and it just always strikes me that like George Lucas just just set her up that way it, it, her age wasn't really a question and I think that, you know I think that people joke a lot about how you know she's she's been a rebel she's been a senator she's she's done all of these things by the time that uh luke just wanted to get to tashi station right (laughs) absolutely (laughs) those power converters man (laughs) 
<laughs> but she's very confident in herself. She knows exactly who she is, what she stands for. And I think that that really is the core of her character. You know, when we talk about the fact that she doesn't really have a story arc, you know, she's, she's a pretty static character, but gosh, if, if you're going to be static, you might as well have the values and the stubbornness and the confidence that she has because she's a great character regardless. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I think y'all hit on some really like fundamental things about Leia because, you know, her, her, her presence and her, her strength, it comes through in so many different ways. We were watching A New Hope, right? And like her planet blows up and everybody sort of always has commentary about, I don't know how, what a terrible person Luke is. Um, for like being sad because everyone just died whenever here Leia's her, her whole planet just blew up. And, you know, as I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this, you know, I think that her compassion is really a an important part of her strength because that's like part of being a decent person, is it? Isn't it that you can sympathize with other people's pain even at the same time that you have pain of your own. Um, and you don't have to be like, well, my pain is worse than your pain, so how dare you be hurt? You know, that's that's such, such an underrated dynamic, I think. Um, and it's not that, you know, especially as women, um, I, I, I especially as a mother, I find myself often, you know, in the middle of a crisis, like I can deal with it, I can, you know, get everybody calmed down, you know, and then, of course, I'll fall apart later once everybody finally goes back to sleep. Um, and I kind of feel a little bit like that. So we're kind of watching Leia do is like, she's just dealing right now. She's just dealing with all the things like because I, I just get this feeling like the minute she stops and like really confronts what's going on head on that that's going to kind of be it. And she doesn't have time for that. She's got to deal right now. And she has a mission and she has a job and she can compartmentalize enough to just sort of do what needs to be done. And I mean, doesn't she just sort of always do what needs to be done? Like no matter what it is, she, you know, with, with sort of that poise and that grace, she just does it. And it doesn't ever have to be like, you know, hello everyone, I'm doing the thing. She just is like, okay, that thing should be done. And it doesn't matter if it's safe or if it's smart, but she just does it. And I think that's one of my very favorite things about her is just yeah. her efficiency and practicality. Well, and on top of it, I think everything we said goes to the fact that she, out of all of the three, out of the three original trilogy characters, she is the leader. Like, she is the natural-born leader of that mm -hmm. group. Luke is not a natural-born leader. That is something he kind of has to learn. Han is not mm -hmm. really a natural. He he does have leadership qualities, but it, because of things he's been through, it's not near as natural as Leia. Mm -hmm. I mean, Leia, as you said, the men get around her and take orders and do it because they trust Leia. Mm -hmm. Like, Leia is a leader, and people trust what she says, and she's usually right, whatever she tells them to do. And... Yeah, so all these qualities we all mention, it again is why she's such an incredible female character because she's just such a leader and again does it with the graciousness and the strength, kind of this undergirded strength that's not just like a macho strength, but it's this very right. feminine strength and it just, just makes her special. Absolutely. Um, 
I lost it. <laughs> it happens. I had something I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to say when she's done, but I lost it. So, Jessica, do you have anything to say in response to that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think that you're you're definitely right that, you know, I mean, Leia, she's just this, you know, she, she's got this quality of just, like, she is a leader and, and you know, the, like you said, the, the guys have leadership qualities as well, but they're kind of the leaders who take orders. You know, there's there's still, you know, I mean, Luke, Luke will have his Jedi order and he will be in charge of that. But in terms of the rebellion and in terms of the the um, government in the aftermath of the original trilogy, like Leia is our figurehead mm-hmm. quite literally at some points. And I, I think that there is something really special about... Um, you know, again, Lucas really did not seem very concerned with what people might think about, you know, female leadership, even 40 years ago. And I, I just, I, I do really love what we've gotten in supplemental stories about um, exploring her role in government and leadership. And mm-hmm. I think that those are the things that fascinate me when we don't have this, like, this conflict that usually comes from hero journey stories. She doesn't have that, but it doesn't mean that she's not an interesting character. It doesn't mean that she's not wrestling with different issues just because someone has, you know, I I guess, I guess my, my thing is, is that there's this tendency to say that somebody who is kind of this plaster saint, this person who doesn't have any flaws, um, there's still there's still inherently a purpose to characters like that. And I think that Leia really stands out as somebody who who really embodies that, that that just because she doesn't go dark side, you know, she she has a strength and and brings a tonality to this story that is exceptionally necessary. And I think that it's best seen in the fact that in the sequels, she's left by everybody. She's. She's left by her son, and then she's left by her husband, and she's left by her brother. And I have my own problems with that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Regardless, I don't think that people give her enough due that in the midst of all of this overwhelming personal trauma, she's Mm -hmm. there. And and she's doing that work. And, And like you said, Marisha, she's just exceedingly practical. And she just does what has to be done. And I love that about her. Well, and Marisha, because we have written down on our notes, I think you've already, you've already kind of brought it up, how people say she's kind of a static character. And I just think it's like, does she have the arc of Luke? No. And, and she does start out the most kind of efficient with the most going on. But I, I believe you see Leia's character grow through the the tension, the almost like kind of, sandpaper tension between her and Han Solo. Like, I believe they together, like, she creates his growth and he creates her growth. Mm-hmm. Like, she learns through Han. Uh, one, I think even, I, I've talked about how an Empire Strikes Back, she can't even admit that she's attracted to Han. And Han sees that when he's like, oh, come on. You you, you don't want to say that because the way you feel about me. Right. Like, he's not just being arrogant. He knows she likes him. But this guards up with her probably from the fact he's not really prince material <laughs> because when we meet him, I mean, her, she's a princess. And we see her glide into this, this 
into this uh, job of general. So you see her go from princess to general Leia in the course of this trilogy. And then you also see her with Han learn to trust and kind of maybe let Han take the lead some, when then Han will learn to let Leia take the lead some. And you see both of these characters learning to truly work together. And I think in that, you see both of their growth and they both become much better people. It truly is like iron sharpening iron, uh, Mm -hmm. like Han and Leia. And so I think her growth is, her and Han's growth is definitely not anything like Luke's hero journey, Mm -hmm. but it is there when you look at it for both of them and definitely for Leia too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to remember. I think that especially in today's world, we have a tendency to look at like, oh, well, this female character's growth or arc is only wrapped up in a man. And I can understand why people might do that. But the thing is, is that exactly like what you say, she does have an arc and she has this arc of self-discovery and and that helps Han as well. And that's why the, the confession in Empire Strikes Back is just the most genius piece of character work that I can think of Mm -hmm. because when she says I love you it's her admitting what she hasn't been able to admit and when he says I know it humanizes him and it shows just how in tune he is with her and I remember like watching Empire Strikes Back with my mom for the first time and that moment falls flat for her because she didn't know these characters well enough and and you know it was like well why didn't he say I love you back but (laughs) (laughs) but we all understand that that the genius of that moment is that is not that Han loves her back it's that he recognizes that growth in her and and the the way that he's been able to impact her positively and she in turn has completely changed his mentality. And he, I think that he already knows that he's the one who starts off saying, I'm just in it for the money. And so when he's, I think that, you know, he, he's a little bit more cognizant right from the beginning of empire strikes back of what this woman is doing to him. And that's, I don't know, like, that's where I go. This is really what has made that couple stand the test of time. And Leia doesn't have the hero's journey on her own, but what a beautiful arc of self-discovery as she goes through that uh, that part of her story with Han. Oh, definitely, and it's like in today's society, it, it you you're right when you say people say. Obviously, I'm a single woman at 31. Like I'm about as independent as they come, and and that's great. Um, but I also you know really adore Han and Leia. And my point is you can have both in stories. There's room for both. There's room for the independent Moray, and there's room for this very independent Leia who some of her journey is learning to depend on this man and vice versa. So I just, I think there's room for both. And it's like, as you mentioned, I mean, my gosh, in all of Star Wars, I was asked recently in an interview, what's my favorite moment? And I did the, I love you. I know like that, Mm -hmm. that's it. Like, that's my favorite moment in the entire saga. (laughs) Yeah. And amazing that that wasn't in the script at first. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how it went. The idea that Harrison really went, like, we're not using this character to the fullest potential. And Mm -hmm. and the fact that he just, he knew what what needed to be said in that moment Mm -hmm. in order to show the growth of both of those characters. Absolutely. I have to say, though, I mean, especially I've been married for 12 years, like as of last week, 
I don't know how that happened. It's like I like I blinked and it happened. Thank you. Um, but you know, kind of having like in in my own marriage, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of ways where we kind of bring things out of each other that I think um, maybe qualities that wouldn't have been notable, um, you know, separate. Um, I certainly never would have sat down and done this um, in, in my pre-Andrew days. Um, and so, you know, kind of like, like you see, Han and Leia's sort of like journey together is, it, it's so real. Like, like that's really how relationships work. Uh, the good ones, at least. Like there's always the really dysfunctional ones. But, you know, the good ones, that's, you know, you you learn things about yourself that you you never would have noticed if you didn't have this other person who really drives you up the wall sometimes, um, to kind of provide a little bit of a little bit of contrast sometimes. And honestly, I think that that's that's a thing that really I find heartbreaking about the direction that they went with Han and Leia in the sequels is because they were, they were so good together. Um, and I'm, I'm a romantic at heart, um, a romantic with divorced parents. So I, I find that, you know, we just couldn't, we just couldn't handle it. And so we just did our own thing to be really like, there's a lot of tragedy, um, in star Wars, but I find that to be maybe the most tragic thing in the entire saga. I mean, that's like, in my mind, that's right up there with Anakin, like, being ready to kill the woman that he loves. Is Han and Leia just being like, you know, just <laughs> doing their own thing just to cope. Yeah, I, I will echo that sentiment exactly. I mean, also identifying as a romantic who comes from a broken family, like... It, it, I remember leaving Force Awakens and at that point really feeling like, you know, this story has a lot of potential, but I was just devastated. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I just couldn't deal with the fact that this couple that I think, you know, in everyone's minds, it's like, well, why, why wouldn't they be together? Especially when you add in what, you know, the people who knew about the story in the expanded universe, mm -hmm. which is just really hard because you look at that and it's like they had a child who went dark side. They they dealt with that. And so the fact that Force Awakens just is like, nope, they've been apart for a very long time and they're dealing it with their you know in their own way. And in my mind, all three of those original characters go back to square one and kind of we see them right where they're at in a new hope, which is kind of what drives my problem with that direction but the fact that like we see an example of them going through that and pulling together and being stronger and being in love and I, I think that for, for people with broken families that hits harder than I think some like you know I, I, I don't think that they set out to make that a tragedy they just wanted right. to like you know put the original characters into kind of difficult positions mm -hmm. but i don't think that they recognized how how destructive that is to the psyche of a lot of fans who have loved these characters for a very long time 
Well, and you know, that's one of the reasons I really, okay, so you have this character and that's why I really do love Claudia Gray's work because you have this character that you feel like they can't add upon. She's just so wonderful. And I feel like Claudia Gray enhanced Leia. And I really appreciate after The Force Awakens going back and I do the audible version. So listening to uh, Bloodline and and I even went back like hit rewind to listen to some of the moments with her and Han because it mm-hmm. felt like them again. It wasn't them strained. It was them madly in love still all these years later. I think just, you know, around five years before The Force Awakens. And and that kind of helped me get past that because now in my head head canon, they were like really in love until maybe like a year up and and, and then they were gonna kind of mend it right before he died. <laughs> I just, I sometimes I just make my head cannon what I need it to be. <laughs> they were just taking a minute. They were just taking a minute. They were going to be okay. <laughs> they were. They were. You heard it here, guys. They were. We all, love, we all love Star Wars. This is a sh- this is a franchise that doesn't really have happy endings, so we all have to rely on our head cannons. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> alas, alas, the the travails of being a, a Star Wars fan. You're like, well. But, you know, they really still loved each other. They just kind of needed, you know, to do their own thing for, for just a second. And it would have all been good if only <laughs> battled If Kylo only Ren. the son hadn't murdered him. If only yeah. the son hadn't <laughs> murdered him. And that's not to say that people don't react in those situations. And, I mean, that's a huge trauma. I mean, that's a trauma that we can't even really comprehend in reality because it's it's so far-fetched, the idea that your, your child would just literally just slide into evil and become a murderer of millions. Like it's, it's a very theoretical idea for most people in, in reality. Thank and God. so like that's, that's trauma. And yeah. even in real life tragedies, people react to trauma in ways that, you know, I, I can understand why they wanted to explore that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I do often wonder like, you know, I think that part of the stabilizing factor, like why did they work in the EU and they didn't work in canon? Well, they also had three children in the EU. Yeah. And I feel like there's like, you know, it's it's one of those those ideas of like, well, you don't stay together. If, if your relationship doesn't work, you know, you don't necessarily want to say, you know, a couple should stay together just for the sake of children. But in a situation like this, when it is a family trauma and everybody's kind of dealing with it in their own ways. Like I just look at it and I, I think if they had had other children, I wonder if it had, if it would have been kind of a stabilizing factor mm-hmm. that would have inspired them to be like, this is hard on us all, but we have to make this work. And that's what really pains me in my heart when we come into force awakens and Han is just back to doing what he always did. And that's where I just kind of go, oh, yeah, he's still got Chewie, but he doesn't have Leia. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, from, from a story point of view and from like a, in, in the same way that I feel like I've seen people who, you know, like you think have got it all together until the moment they decide to go full on ought to, and, you know, just go totally off the grid because like they had this tragedy, like, so in in those same way that I feel like, yes, that's a conceivable thing to happen to Luke. I feel like, yes, it, it, in the real world, 
a significant portion of people who lose children um, wind up uh, divorced. Like that's a real statistic. So I understand why they decided to go that direction because it's like, well, what's the what's the most reasonable fallout of this? But on the other hand, um, I just always felt like they needed, especially, you know, especially, like I said, whenever you're a kid uh, coming from a broken home, you sort of like latch on to other relationships as like, and this is how this works, you know, even fictional ones. And so whenever one of those things crashes and burns, it it hurts your feelings. (laughs) And and that's definitely why, you know, I think that in part, that's part of what drove the wars between fans on who Ray's parents were. Because I know for me, I mean, I really entertained a lot of different ideas. You know, oh, she's she's a solo, kind of more based in the idea that I was seeing a lot of themes that were explored in the EU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would have liked if she was a Skywalker, especially if it had meant, you know seeing Mara Jade and, and some of that story, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted her to be a Kenobi. I wanted, you know, all of these things, but like what kind of drove that I think is that there's this idea of potential reconciliation Mm -hmm. that people like maybe even kind of subconsciously were picking up on if, at least for the people who really wanted there to be kind of a familial connection, Mm -hmm. this idea of like, you know, the Solo family, the Skywalker family, they're in a really bad spot. But here's this girl. We don't know her origins. We don't really know what the mystery is surrounding her. But hopefully there's the the hope of, of redemption for the family. And unfortunately, that's not something that we really got either. But um, I, I, all I know is that, that those were some really deep feelings that I was having as I was watching the sequel trilogy. And I definitely think that for a lot of people, that's an important part of it. And and that's why I don't think that you can, um, you can't just discount relationships in stories like this. I think that, you know, for, for some people, the relationships are very important and for some people they're not, but regardless, I think that they drive a lot of the conversation, especially that happens in fandom in ways that some people might not even realize because we are attached to these characters and their relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's go, kind of riffing on that. Here's a question that's not on the list. Who do you think um, is Leia's most important relationship, either the relationship that is most defined by her or the one that um, she is most defined by? Like, what do you think is either from a story point of view or like in, in an in-universe kind of point of view, who do you think is ultimately Leia's most important relationship? You know, my answer is going to be, uh, unfortunately, I can't even speak that authoritatively on my answer because I have not read Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Mm-hmm. But I have always thought that Leia's relationship with Bale and Breha is so underrated. It's so it's so unexplored until that point. And I think that, you know, just those glimpses that we get, especially of Bale in the prequel trilogy and then, you know, coming back in Clone Wars and even in, in uh, Rogue One. Oh, man, there's just... 
there's there's a quality about them that in this in this terrible world they stand out as incredible parents. And mm. I think that in a universe are... of terrible parents. <laughs> <laughs> and looking where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that that there's something about those characters that again, kind of a, a strength that holds them up that they're defined by, even though we don't get a lot of them in the films, like they are responsible for the creation of this young woman who is just so confident and so stubborn and knows exactly what she stands for. And I think that even though you don't ever really see her in the films with them, I think that when you look at it from a, from the point of view, like knowing that this, you know, she did grow up with them. That's where I think that you can, you can see the echoes of their influence on her. Well, I, I'm glad you answered that because I w- didn't really know where to go, but it's like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because that's why when we meet her, she's the strong female that we're, we've said is like mature and like already ready for this stuff. So I think it definitely has to be them. And then second, it would go back to Han because once she's lost her family, he becomes her new family. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, for one another, he's lost his family and she becomes his family. Um, but yeah, it definitely starts with that background of the Organas, totally. I, I thought one of the things I really did love in the the sequels was that when we meet her, she is still Leia Organa. She yes. could have, she's, she's chosen not to be the smuggler's wife or the Jedi's daughter. She, and even though by this point, everybody knows who her biological parents are. She doesn't choose, she doesn't even choose to be the daughter of the Senator from Naboo, who is a great person, you know, who's, who she is so much like, she is so much like Padme, but she could choose to identify as any of those people, but she still chooses to be the, the daughter of the Organas because that they, they are who made her. And uh, I always found that really compelling. Well, I, I've kind of found even through, I think, Mando, I, I did on our Twitter, I've got a picture of the child of Mando, and I quote uh, Luke from The Rise of Skywalker when he says, some things are stronger than blood. And I really believe that is a theme throughout Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You see that with Leia and her identifying that was her family. It wasn't, she, you know, I'm sure she would have loved Padme, but she never knew Padme. So mm-hmm. like her family was the Organas. It wasn't Anakin, it wasn't Padme, it was them. And with Luke, his parents were... Uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. And, you know, Han was even raised not with his parents. And, of course, you continue on with that, with Ray and Finn and all of them. So there is this beautiful picture of adoption. And, again, back to that quote, some things are stronger than blood. Like these bonds that are so much stronger than just a birth connection. And you just see that, especially with Leia. And it is, it's really touching. Yeah, that's that's something that I think is a theme that doesn't get talked about enough and should be in Star Wars, especially with the um, the re-exploration of the Mandalorians. I feel like like the, 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 the quote that, you know, runs through my mind is that um, in the expanded universe, the Mandalorians have a quote, which is that it doesn't matter who your father is. It only matters. The, what matters is the father that you will be. And mm-hmm. father is supposed to be very gender neutral but the idea that 
you know, and, and we've, we've started to see this with the Mandalorian's um, emphasis on foundlings and adoption and not really caring about the, the biologicalness of being a Mandalorian. And I just think that that's something that's so beautiful mm-hmm. and necessary. I mean, I, I just don't think that we see a lot, we see a lot of like found family stories, but mm-hmm. I think that the, the topic of adoption, especially in a war-torn society where orphans are very prevalent, mm-hmm. I think that that's such a wonderful theme to kind of have woven through this franchise. And it really does. It starts with those characters. It starts with, you know, a brother and sister who never knew their their biological parents. And, that you know, then we find out Han very much a, a loner as well and the found family that they f- they have together and it's only expanded from there yeah absolutely yeah. um it's and it's so because it's really interesting because star wars is so frequently criticized for being like oh it's not all about blood you know and like that's that's kind of the the line especially whenever they decided to make ray related to somebody and retcon ray nobody um, there was a lot of, you know, like, oh, you don't have to be related to somebody to be, you know, and, and that, that seemed to really be important to a lot of people. Um, but I think for me, the, the, the thing that, that really resonated with me is that, you know, like you said, it doesn't, you don't have to be defined by where you come from. You don't have to be defined by, um, your bloodline. You know, you don't have to be. And, and I think that in the same way that that's really important for, for Leia, I think we see that kind of as a recurring theme again in Star Wars is kind of in conjunction with the the idea of adoption and found families is the idea that you don't have to be defined by terrible things that came before you. Um, and, you know, I I come from a um, some really great, you know, like most of us, some really great and praiseworthy ancestors and some that um I would never want to own up to. Um, you know, and and so I, I find that idea of being able to be who we are, um, you know, in in spite of everything to be very resonant. You know, and the idea uh, and I love I love that I'd never heard that quote before that doesn't matter who your father was, it matters the father you will be. Um yeah, so that's great. But I, I think that I might have to co-opt your answer, too. You know, I, I didn't actually have an answer to that question when I asked it about who Leia's most uh, important relationship was. But I think that I think that you've pretty much hit that one on the head. I don't think it could be answered much better than that, because that's really who we see right the through the entire saga. She she's the one person who is who she was raised to be. Everybody mm-hmm. else sort of like slides into their role kind of kicking and screaming um to to some degree or or just sort of like winds up there and discovers that they're you know super powerful but of all the characters we ever meet in star wars leia was born to be a leader she you know she was she was born you know the child of this powerful jedi and this very influential senator and she was actually raised to be that person you know like luke was raised you know by his you know his aunt and uncle who clearly love him a lot but they're like just 
you know, just really want to keep it on the DL. Um, where on the other hand, Leia is, she's just raised to be that person. She's raised to be that leader. And everything that she ever is is a testament to the job that her parents do in making her that that leader. So in, in a universe of uh, terrible parents and horrible um, tragic relationships. I, I think that in spite of the fact that, you know, they literally go up in flames, at least their relationship doesn't go up in flames. Right. So um, the, the, these, these single successful love story in star Wars, <laughs> uh, Bell and, uh, and Brea Organa here, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. <laughs> it's true. Hey, what about our uncle Owen and aunt Peru? That's true. That's true. They seem to be pretty happy. And the, the and they went up in flames too. They went up in flames too. They fell up in flames. Literally um, flames. The other um, happy stories are just the ones that we don't have endings to. So I like when uh, in in uh, the Mandalorian everybody started holding up the frog couple as the only happy relationship, and I'm just kind of like, well, hopefully we'll never see them again because you know I'm sure that you know. There's no happy ending right. in Star Wars if you if you follow it through to the end. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the first half of our conversation on Leia and why she is the best. Now, if you want to hear the second half, you should hop on over to the Dark Saber Light podcast. They're going to have the second half of this conversation. Um, and so real quick, Jessica, tell us exactly where we can find you and all the Internet places. Yeah, you can find uh, Stories by Dark Saber Light at pretty much all podcasting hosting sites. We're on um, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, you name it. And then you can find me on Twitter as well, at Dark Saber Light. Excellent. How about you, Michelle? Yes, you can find us at Force of Light, anywhere podcasts are. We also are on YouTube and do some just YouTube-only videos at Force of Light Entertainment. And yeah, it's Force Live Entertainment for all places. And then you can also find us at Force Live Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And I am Marisha with Coruscant Radio Underground. You can find us on Twitter at crew underscore podcast. I think I'll have to edit that later because I just, again, this is something Andrew always does. Um, and you can find my personal Twitter account. I am princesses. Um, well, on Instagram, I'm princesses underscore and underscore Padawans and P Padawans on Twitter. So um, like I said, if you uh, enjoyed the first half of this conversation, you should hop on over and listen to the second half of it. And until then, may the force be with you.